1: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to Midday Super Talk Mississippi. I'm your host, Gerard Gibbert, and I am coming at you live on location at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson. It is Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. Rhino back in the Super Talk studios. We have relocated the Element Well studios down here to Carter Jewelers on this Friday, y'all. Morning, Rhino. How was your Thanksgiving?
2: It was good. I got to eat a lot and see some folks and spend a whole lot of time on the road. On the road? You traveling around? Coming well, to Tupelo? well I, I was on the road yesterday, headed up to Tupelo for about three hours or so, and then I got up this morning bright and early. Well, it was actually earlier than <laughs> bright, and uh, made it back to Jackson in time to uh, do the show this morning. I seem to
1: recall uh, that was your that was your deal last year, right? was that oh, same? Yeah. Didn't you go up and down? Yeah, that's what I remember. You drove in uh, the day after Thanksgiving, and we are here. Uh, at Carter Jewelers as we traditionally are on this Black Friday. This place is absolutely stocked to the gills with inventory awaiting uh, your selection of course and the great sales folks here at uh, Carter Jewelers will help you out with that. We'll have Jerry Lake, the owner of Carter Jewelers on the program three times today talking about the, the great selection, the great deals, the great service. That they have here for you. I guess we could officially declare it Christmas season now, huh, Hirano?
2: Yeah, I guess now that we've got Turkey Day out of the way you can you can officially say Christmas season is upon us.
1: Exactly one month from now.
2: With, That's uh, correct.
1: Yeah, with Thanksgiving being uh, a little later in the month of November, it kind of shortens the, compresses the cycle. Uh, I will admit, we went ahead and got our house decorated up. Typically, we we start that uh, process after Thanksgiving, but uh, once again, given the short period of time between Thanksgiving and Christmas, we went ahead and uh, knocked that out uh, last week with some help. From uh, some friends, uh, Nancy Price, a good friend of ours, uh, owner of Nancy Price Interiors and her crew come in and help us out. We always appreciate that. And make our place look absolutely spectacular. But Julie and I are Christmas people, so it's just something we really enjoy dolling the place up for. I've also uh, got some rather sad news to report uh, this morning to the audience, and that is our beloved pet, Brute. We had to put him down last night. And... Um, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, Wednesday, he's ten and a half, was ten and a half. Wednesday, he just didn't seem himself, you know, was a bit lethargic and not his normal, spry, active, energetic self. And it was about 5.30, and Julie said, I I think something's wrong with him. I said, I I do too, and she recommended we take him uh, to the after-hours vet. We did. And uh, the 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 vet was not there Wednesday evening, but uh, tech was and basically said that did some blood work and he he was anemic and also his white blood cell uh, cell count was elevated, indicating infection. But also detected a a mass, you know, in in his abdomen and and wanted to wait for the vet to come come in yesterday to uh, perform. Then that was with an X-ray. Wanted wanted to perform sonogram to. Uh, read the sonogram and see what's going on, and so we went. He spent the night at the vet Wednesday, and we stayed with him a couple of hours. You could tell he just wasn't himself, and uh, my son and daughter were up there as well <coughs> with uh, Julie and me. And so, yesterday the vet came in about 5:30 or so, and did the sonogram. Said, "Yeah, it looks like it's a bleeding mass uh, around his, his spleen." And so the choice was either go ahead and, and put him down or attempt surgery, which is risky when you got a ten and a half year old dog, especially one that's been bleeding a lot. That's why he was anemic because his blood was trying to clot and his pressure was going down, and that was of course affecting his energy. And and he said, you know, I don't want you guys go home. We had not eaten or anything at that point, and um, we'll we'll get him prepped up and we'll tell you when he goes in surgery. That the typical routine, and and uh, we'll let you know. Uh, once we get in there what we find and you know we may have to make some decisions at that point. He, and he called us and and informed us that uh, the cancer had, uh, it was clearly cancer and it had uh, invaded his liver and really spread throughout the abdomen of his of his body, area of his body and it was best to put him down and not even awaken him from his anesthesia and so we painfully made that decision and and so he's no longer with us but golly we we miss him and we have uh in the last 24 hours as you can imagine we have we've cried a river of tears over the loss of uh, brute Uh, but you know we we think about the good times that we had with him and and there are so so many i posted on my facebook last night a little tribute uh with a bunch of photos of him and that's the way we remember him, and uh, that's the way we want people to remember. Gosh, we get so attached to him, don't we? Rhino? I mean it's to sometimes I feel like God puts these sweet, precious creatures on the planet, and I'm not even sure we deserve them honestly, and there's there's so much hate, vitriol um amongst humans but not pets they don't they don't they're not like that um anytime they react that way it's because they're scared of humans dumb humans a lot of times but golly this this dog was precious was sweet and uh, an angel on earth honestly so we'll miss him but we prefer to remember him uh, in his better days and uh i'm sad that it had to happen on thanksgiving and but we're gonna celebrate Thanksgiving nonetheless going forward uh... with the memory of the good times we had with him and that's the way it will mark the holiday (laughs) around our house but it's been tough been tough 24 hours as you can imagine tough 48 hours i guess but no pain no suffering and that's the best part of it and i think obviously we we made the correct decision we did elect uh, to have him cremated and we're gonna uh, he was actually my son's dog when well, my son was out in Texas playing baseball at Texas Tech. and he um I don't exactly know how he came across him, and he he brought him in the apartment with um, two other teammates that became quite attached to him as well, and so did the coach. Uh, Nick would sometimes bring him to uh, to bat in practice, and he'd hang around. the coach would entertain him. But uh, and so, but when Nick uh, got to a point where he couldn't keep him, and he ended up as sometimes they do, we ended up adopting him, you know, into our household, and uh, and so we're gonna we're gonna give Nick some ashes, and and Julie and I will have some as well, uh, and probably do something to uh, some sort of memory. Of him shadow box or something in our house because we don't ever want to forget him, of course, and we never will. Now we got to make the hard decision as to whether or not we want uh, to bring on another one. Uh, of course, one never replaces another. They, they've got their own unique, it's interesting, isn't it? They have their own unique personalities. And gosh, sometimes with dogs, they're so dang smart, you can be talking to them. And the expression on their face and their body language is such that they know exactly what you're saying. Even though it may not be something that is, is uh, like a a word, a signaling type word that you've taught them, you know. Uh, brute would actually bark on command and shake hands and give you a high five on behind, on command. And... We taught him that. Of course, we bribed him with some food. Nobody does that, do they, to, to teach him. But <laughs> he, he was excellent, uh, just an excellent pet that we will certainly miss. But a little sad news to start the day off. We, Of course, Thanksgiving brought the Egg Bowl. We stayed back. We were scheduled to go, did not go. Tough, uh, tough night for the old Miss uh, contingent, and uh, Mississippi State just played better, I thought, and uh, coached better, and Ole Miss made some mistakes they couldn't overcome, and so Mississippi State ends up winning the Egg Bowl in Oxford, takes it home, and it, it did end up being a fairly exciting game, I have to say that. It wasn't a blowout, which sometimes they are, and uh, so it was, it was entertaining, but we were dealing with that and literally learned about Brute <laughs> during the game. Uh, when the vet called so it was uh, just a tough deal, but the the game itself it, It's kind of de the whole Lane Kiffin saga <laughs> At this point uh, you know leading up to it. It seems like that's was the focus, but haven't heard a lot about it today We're going to get into this a little bit more uh, in the next segment because we've got Michael Borky the producer of Sports Talk Mississippi is going to call in. We're going to chat about the game and, I guess, Lane Kiffin's future and other stuff going on around the uh, the football, the college football world. We are, once again, at Carter Jewelers today. It is Friday, Black Friday. Come on down, folks. Great selection for you to choose from. Great folks that will help you out with that selection and, most importantly, big-time deals going on. We're coming right back.
0: Check it out. Let's do this. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Let's get on with it. On Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. <laughs>
1: that is certainly a rendition of Hail Dear O State that I don't think I've ever heard before Rhino. Where'd you find that one?
2: Uh, that was from a hype video from almost a decade ago. I, I ripped it off YouTube and I've had it ever since. <laughs> I mean, was that Eddie Van Halen playing it or what? <laughs> no, I want to say it was a student at State at the time and I wish I knew his name but it's, it's lost to the digital ages. Oh gosh!
1: <laughs> well, we are pleased to have Michael Borky, the producer of Sports Talk Mississippi, uh, joining us now on midday's. Once again, we're at Carter Jewelers today. Michael, what's going on, man?
3: Oh, not nothing much. Just uh, finished recording a recap of the game and. The game. I'm going to spend the afternoon talking about the game and then all weekend talking about the game. And Gerard, guess what? Next week we're going to still be talking about the game. So.
1: <laughs> well, I think you have to say that the last six minutes or so uh, may go down uh, in Egg Bowl history. What do you think?
3: Oh, it was chaotic in the best kind of way. I mean,. Ole Miss offensively, Dart was good, but Mississippi State's defense was just shutting down Ole Miss all night. Zach Arnett's crew was incredible, but Ole Miss gets a chance after a Will Rogers fumble and they take the ball all the way down the field and score what could have been the game-tying touchdown, but can't get the two-point conversion, and, and that was chaos in a good way, though. Not chaos in the yeah. bad way like we've seen in the past, but just fun, rainy. Egg Bowl yep. football, and State ended up getting the win, of course.
1: To the ground. I mean, it was entertaining. If, if you're into entertainment in a football game, right, it was certainly entertaining.
3: Oh, yeah, you got that uh, in space. It, it kind of took a while uh, for for that to happen. It was mostly a defensive struggle. And, and again, I think, yeah. you know, aside from the off-the-field stuff and, and Lane Kiffin, the story of the night was, uh, was Mississippi State's defense, specifically their front six where they had, if I remember it correctly, Gerard, 15 tackles for loss. Only two Mm. of those were sacks. So that means Mississippi State's front six had 13 tackles for loss on running plays. Just an outstanding dominant performance from Mississippi State's uh, defensive front. Uh, and, uh, And that was the story of the game.
1: And it wasn't going into it, though, Michael. You didn't expect that to be the storyline, did
4: you?
3: Oh, I I mean, you know, State's run defense has been good this season, but nobody nobody has been able to shut down Ole Miss's rushing offense. Nobody has. Right. And they lined up and held them under 100 yards. Uh, Quinshawn Judkins, uh, under 100 yards on, what was it, 21 carries or 22 carries, Uh, that's about as good as you can play against a a guy like him. And, no, I did not expect it to go down like that. I didn't expect Will Rogers to have one pass attempt more than Jackson Dart. I mean, Mike Leach really went uh, out of character, if you want to call it that, with his uh, pass-run distribution, and they had success on the ground. Didn't see that coming, really. And I certainly didn't see Mississippi State shutting down Ole Miss's running game the way they did
1: But you know as an Ole Miss fan I I don't sit here and feel disappointed in the way the Ole Miss defense performed as well. I mean that was kind of a surprise I I don't know how many times they they sacked Will Rogers but it seems like they flushed him, they hurried him, they caused him to throw a lot of balls into the stands. I didn't expect that but they were very effective at just clearing it out and then dropping somebody uh, across the middle, dragging somebody across the middle. That same play just seemed to work over and over again but, uh, but But I I would have to say that the defense did what was necessary to win the game. It's another situation where the offense gets down in the red zone and just can't put uh, at least touchdowns on the board. I think that was the difference.
3: Uh, Yeah, and if you'd have given Ole Miss, State's going to score 24 points on you, and you're going to force three turnovers, they would have taken it assuming that that was enough to win the game. The the, the issue for Ole Miss was not defense, it was – Couldn't move the football uh, on the ground, and red zone offense uh, was was terrible. And that's been a kind of a theme for Ole Miss all season, especially lately, is they have really buckled in the red zone. You know, there's a lot of opinions about whether or not they should kick field goals on fourth down. That's just not Lane Kiffin's thing. He's just not going to do that. Uh, But I mean, that's the difference when you can't score when you get in the red zone. It's hard to win games, and last night that was the Achilles' heel. Mississippi State's defense bent at times, but they didn't break, and they had a lot of explosive defensive plays, and uh, and that was your ball game.
1: Yeah, and I will also say this. When when uh, Ole Miss scored there and then needed the two-point conversion at the end of the game, minute or so remaining, uh a two-point conversion to tie the game to likely send it into overtime, I really didn't have uh, a great deal of confidence that they were going to be able to, to score a two-point conversion. Uh, and it was just based on how anemic the offense had been when they got into that position throughout the game before that.
5: Yeah, and, you know,
3: there's two sides to this right. conversation, too, because they burned two timeouts there. And, and on one hand... You want to get your call right, and if you feel like you've got a bad matchup, you have to adjust it. But at the same time, it eliminated their chance at possibly getting the ball back uh, had they not gotten that conversion. So they waited two timeouts there, and when they didn't get it, the the onside kick ended the football game as opposed to having a chance to stop the clock three times, and, and they didn't have the chance to do that. It was actually not the worst play call. Charlton just made an unbelievable he sure play. sure I mean, just heads up, great recognition. Ole Miss does not do the shovel pass like that that much. Uh, so right. so him recognizing that and getting his big paw out there and batting the football down uh, was the game-deciding play. So a great play there. But an interesting series of events. I mean, you would think that you would have a two-point conversion play call in the holster to avoid wasting two timeouts, but, but they did – And um, and you can argue that was pretty poor clock management or game management in that situation as well because you didn't have a chance to try to get the ball back.
1: Yeah, it's a great point. They had plenty of time uh, because they start where they started. What on the two, the three yard line down there? It was plenty of time yeah. to, to have their play already worked up and everybody informed of it, so that you just took the field and and uh, and the play was called and you just ran it. You execute it. It makes you wonder, does it not, Michael, that they got there, maybe had that situation and had a second thought and regrouped, uh, called timeout to call the play they ran.
3: Yeah it, there was something that it, whether it be in state alignment or their personnel grouping there there was something that they showed that Ole miss didn't like their uh, their matchup
1: Yeah yeah and, and you're so uh, right and, it,
3: the, the,
1: The the play called I I thought was actually brilliant. They don't run a lot of shovel passes. I can't even think of the last time they did that. And uh, and and it was a situation where it looked like the defense was was keying on the uh, the players that were likely to get the ball. And uh, and then you end up and they were kind of spreading the field out and pulling them out towards the flats towards the sidelines. But uh, the defender there that just very alertly stuck their big hand out and. and and essentially deflected the shovel pass. You don't see that very often. It's kind of weird. No,
3: it's emblematic of the night that Mississippi State's defensive front had. I mean, they they just made key play after key play. They shut the run down. They were disruptive. I mean, Jackson Dart, for example, was, was 30 of 38 and had a couple wow. of touchdowns and no turnovers. And he had four and five drops in the game. Uh, so he was incredibly good, and he was under duress the entire game. Never he clean sure pockets, so, so even when Ole Miss had offensive success, it, it was really still disrupted uh, by State's uh, defensive front. I mean, Zach Arnett I, I, I've maintained for all three years of Mike Leach's tenure that he's a star, and the biggest yeah. – most important thing that that Mike Leach and Mississippi State does this offseason, it's not in recruiting, it's not in transfer portal, it's keeping Zach Arnett on that staff because he and that defense is disruptive, they're explosive, he has developed players extremely well, he is a star and they've got to find a way to keep him on that staff by any means necessary.
1: Yeah, you know, the other person that got a lot, name called a lot was uh, Piggies last night. What a stud.
3: Oh, he for had uh, the, uh, the, the little um, the fourth down call where he slipped out uh, playing H-back <laughs> and caught a t- uh, That was pretty cool. But, yeah, he's, yeah. he's got next-level future on him. Uh, and, and this was his first year playing defensive tackle. I mean, he, he was a tight end yeah. at Auburn, transferred yes. back to old Miss. And if that's him after one year playing that position, uh, just wait after he gets a, another full offseason of development. Um he made one play where I think it was Marks um, came up to the line like he was blocking and tried to slip out, I believe, on a third down or a second or a third down inside of Ole Miss territory. And, and he made a phenomenal recognition play. And it was just yeah. super athletic for him to recognize yeah. that and, and make a tackle. So, Pagiz is going to
1: remember the, the play. We we got just a couple of seconds real quickly. Uh, Handicap it for us. Kiffin stays or he goes?
3: Oh, gosh. That's, uh, I mean, if you believe him last night, he's sticking around. But All you know, right. he wouldn't be the first football coach. Who knows?
1: I know. <laughs> Michael Borky, the producer of Sports Talk Mississippi, has been our guest. We're at Carter Jewelers today. Middays is coming right back.
0: Middays with Gerard Gibbert. Welcome, welcome to our show. On Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Okay, now you have a good one. Everyone, midday super talk Mississippi. We are at Carter Jewelers today. We thank you so much uh, for joining us. We have uh, been informed, by the way, by a Jay Lake here, one of the owners of Carl, uh, Carter's Jewelers, along with his dad Jerry, that uh, purchases of a thousand dollars or more include uh, an off, a special offer, fly away and play. So a purchase of a thousand dollars or more gets you an all-expense-paid trip, and we're going to let uh, Jay talk about that in the next segment to either Las Vegas or Orlando. This really is incredible, really is incredible. Uh, limited time offer, and we'll let Tim come on, of course, and uh, share the details uh, with us on that. So. Uh, Jerry and Ponatak wants us to know, Rhino, that Kiffin and Ole Miss are both overrated. You know, this, this living vicariously through football teams as so many people do and then talking smack is just something that's always astonished me. Uh, what really kills me is that regardless of who wins the Egg Bowl, uh, <laughs> the winning team always says, well, the, uh, the trophy is home. Really? It's home? Where's it, where does it live? <laughs> it's home if it were true that uh, one team had uh, won every single game and it originated with a team. That's not the case here. Uh, the fact is both teams have won. However, I do think Ole Miss uh, owns the record, and I think it is a substantial uh, margin. Uh, victories versus mississippi state however there was a period i want to say back in the early nineteen hundreds where mississippi state held on to it for the longest period uh... stretch of years consecutive years i don't recall the exact record the in the series rhino you may know that but um, as i recall though it, it's fairly significantly tilted in in favor of the rebels, but you know you could, you could argue about this all day long. I, I choose not to engage in these arguments. Um, Jerry, you're certainly entitled to your opinion. And he says, "Well, look at their schedule. Okay. Well, if you play teams that uh, maybe aren't that that uh, highly rated, highly thought of, but you beat them significantly by a significant margin, well, then you did what you're supposed to do. That doesn't mean because you played them." And, and won, or, or maybe uh, played them in lieu of other teams that are higher thought of, that uh, a particular team is overrated, can't see it that way, I, I guess you could, uh, on the Ole Miss side, you could argue that they they took it to toe with, uh, toe-to-toe, stood toe-to-toe with Alabama. And I think Alabama's a pretty good program. And honestly, I think most would tell you, Ole Miss was in position to win the game and uh, really should have. Arkansas, same thing. Arkansas, I think, is a much better team than, than their record shows. They certainly improved. When uh, you got down to the uh, end of the year, the last few weeks, they looked like a much better team. They're a whole lot better with their quarterback on the field as well, uh, Jefferson. Heck, Ole Miss goes up. It was shocking to me and puts up 700 yards on the Razorbacks and then loses. So, and That doesn't mean that, that uh, Arkansas did not deserve to win. Obviously, they did. They won. They, they played better. Uh, in that respect, but, I mean, you could just analyze this to the cows come home. What the truth is, I don't know. It's extremely subjective. That's why sports writers and coaches vote, and that's just the way it works. At least we do have a playoff system now that to some extent does, I think, flesh out who truly is the best, but I think a lot of folks would submit that even that's flawed, that there have been situations where teams have ascended all the way through the the playoff structure and then uh, prevailed in the final national championship game and uh, and uh, there there would be some some that are a lot smarter than me about this that would say yeah but the the better team didn't make it and sometimes it's because they got put out early in the round by the eventual national champion you know one thing I remember baseball is an example which I think has a much better system when it comes to uh, the playoff structure of regionals, super regionals, World Series. It's just a far better test. But that's what you do in baseball that, unfortunately, you can't football just because of the the, the more physical nature of, of playing football games. You can't play that many. The body just can't take it. But I remember the 2005 College World Series where the University of Texas uh, ended up winning the College World Series, and that's after they defeated Ole Miss in Oxford. I was at the game for the super regional and legendary coach Augie Garrido of the University of Texas. Who I think has more World Series appearances to his, his name, credited to his name than any other coach and 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 certainly in terms of postseason uh, and and just his his coaching style and the respect for him is, is in the in the baseball world is is maybe the greatest of all time in college baseball. I recall vividly him making the statement: "This truly was the college World Series uh, final game right here. These are the two best teams in the country." And I'm just pointing that out because he made that assessment. Somebody that's been there more than anybody, and what he was saying is, you know, it just it just worked. Out such that Ole Miss had to face off with the eventual College World Series champion and the best in the in the country. And I'm not saying that because I happen to be an Ole Miss guy. It's just it's just uh, saying it just really uh, overall as a statement about this idea of teams are overrated, underrated, and who knows on any given day and time how a team performs with. 18 to 21-year-olds, and uh, and what has become very high stakes, certainly in, in the realm of, of college football, uh, big time, with the, and now with all the money being infused into it, it, I think it even brings it more into focus, but really, a really crazy deal, uh, and that's just how I feel about it. Jerry, I appreciate your text. You may disagree. That's fine. You certainly have a right to. And when you say the other team is overrated, you are diminishing your victory, says Dan in Hattiesburg. That's an excellent point, uh, Dan. Ryan uh, from Corinth says, did all those refs graduate from Ole Miss ESPN announcers? I'm not sure what you're saying there, Ryan. Larry and Jackson says, I don't gamble on the games. My day is no different no matter who wins. Well, okay. Uh, you know, I certainly don't fault people for taking a a, uh, a vested interest in, in getting really uh, invested in college sports especially if it's their alma mater there's no big deal about that I I just, I just always find it a, a bit amusing that, well, it's it's home. And I'm, I'm saying that for both sides. You know, when the old Miss people, my alma mater, when they say that, well, the, the Egg Bowl trophy is where it belongs. It's home. It doesn't have a home. Let's face it. That's why they play the game every year. And whoever wins, it's home for a year. <laughs> I guess you could call it that. It's, it's like... Uh, temporary residence is maybe a a way to put it. All records are out the door for Egg Bowl. So emotional, says Brian. Yeah, and you know what, Brian? I would actually say that was even more the case when the game was played at a neutral site at Memorial Stadium where there really wasn't um, so-called home field advantage, and I've, I've sat through many of them in Memorial Stadium and certainly when I was in school uh... that's where they were all held and and i want to say it, it was named the egg bowl in nineteen seventy eight Is the is the year that comes to mind right now that's i was actually in school at Ole miss at the time and i've sat through some blowouts on, on both sides uh... of the equation eh, you know it's college sports and and it's uh... it's fun i think we just have to keep it in perspective it's it's entertainment and you know i i'm not a person that gets too fired up when it goes my way and I don't uh, I don't sulk and in in mire and doom and gloom when it does I I don't find that to be very productive and just try to keep it in perspective and and uh, that's just kind of the way that that works this by the way Brian says from an arkansas fan living in mississippi uh... let's see here on the ceasefire text line I well, appreciate uh... all the the thoughts and condolences about the loss of our beloved uh... Brute tim and mcgee uh... cc in sanatobia david McComb, mike from grand bay alabama really appreciate that folks we we're we're heartbroken we're devastated and we're we're cherishing the memories of the great brute gibbert uh... forever honestly you know, this whole deal of Thanksgiving, Rhino, we'll get to this later on in the program, but why do some people have to just racialize everything, like the race lady Joy Reid over there at MSNBC? Now it's Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is meant to be a time to give thanks to our Creator for our blessings. That's the purpose of the holiday. Can't we just do that without getting into all the the uh, the politicization and racialization of this holiday? Doesn't seem like it, does it? Why Why do they hate this country so much? A serious question, why? We've got some some tape we'll play later on in the program from Joy Reed over there at MSNBC. You won't be shocked. It, we played many other sound clips from her before. We got one about Thanksgiving. When we come back, we got Jay Lake, the owner of Carter Jewelers. Stay with us.
3: Seven point three. Yeah. Properly set all controls before recording.
0: All systems go. The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Midday's with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
1: Welcome back everyone. Midday super talk Mississippi. Rick O'Kessick and the cars bumping us into this segment. We are at Carter Jewelers today and joining us now is Jay Lake, owner of Carter Jewelers. So Jay, you got a lot of stuff in here today, man.
6: Hey, Gerard. Welcome, welcome. Welcome to Carter Jewelers. How are you?
1: Doing great. You're all set up. You got your folks here. I've seen them taking phone calls. I've seen folks walk in the store here looking for things to take home, and they're doing it. And and
6: again, it looks like you're well stocked as you always are. Every time I'm here. You're Absolutely. Yeah, it's a great Black Friday, and we have a really a really great special that we've never had before. It's a airfare for two. You get a a voucher for airfare for two people. It includes the airfare to Las Vegas, Nevada, or uh, the world-famous Orlando, Florida, uh, Disney World, and mm-hmm. all those great places over there. And it also includes the hotel room. Hmm. And uh, all you gotta do is, is spend just a thousand dollars. We we dropped it down to the bare minimum, and we're gonna give you the vacation. And what all's included in the vacation? Well, you get the jewelry, yeah, and uh, at, at the sale price, okay. it's all discounted sale price. And then you get airfare for two two people. To Las Vegas, Nevada, or Orlando, Florida, and it includes a hotel room for two people. Yep. Um, it's a th- it's going to be a three star or better, and it's two nights and three days and on vacation. It's a travel agency. You can upgrade anytime for anything you want. Basically, it's the biggest uh, one of the biggest uh, travel agencies in in the world. So, um, heck of a deal. You ever done that before? Not since I've been doing the show here, this is the first time that's uh, awesome they uh I just found them I think they're from out of Canada actually and uh they sent me an email and I found this promotion uh, and we bought gotcha. 100, uh, 100 uh vacations wow so we we still got about seventy five left right now that that is awesome
1: what uh what seems to be kind of the highlighted items you're selling today what
6: are you thinking well uh my friend called and she's she's looking for a wedding band an additional wedding band for her for her anniversary and uh... then she's got a friend that's getting engaged and they're, they're gonna be looking for an engagement ring Yep. and uh... they want the vacation as well and uh... we also have a lot of necklaces for uh... christmas time or earrings real big hit and then your friend just called and asked about a pearl, mm-hmm. pearl ring mm-hmm. and uh... pearl earrings so uh... Um, and then then if you have everything else they they go to the diamond bracelets usually those are real real nice i remember that last time i was here those were big sellers the yeah. diamond bracelets yeah so every everyone would love to cover their wrists with diamonds yeah
1: uh are you having any issues supply chain issues jay surely doesn't look like it
6: every every case in here has got plenty of merchandise in it plenty of jewelry not too much uh, that what the diamond diamonds went up uh, about 40 percent in prices uh, inflation over the years mm-hmm. and uh but we we bought as as much as we could at the old prices because we we knew about the inflation coming and we just we just really stocked up with the old prices so these are you're going you're getting the old old diamond prices in here they they've gone up twenty to forty percent my brother was looking at an engage an mm-hmm. engagement ring for his friend fifteen thousand um, a year ago and it went up to twenty five thousand. Wow. the same same diamond. Wow. Uh, that's, and that's a lot of money for, you know, when 40% of a $15,000 diamond is, is a lot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but here, we, you're not going to be paying as high prices price as what we have in stock. Now, if we had to go order it, then you'd be paying the higher price. I got you. So, but what you have in stock, you bought at the, the uh, older price, the older, older price. Yeah. yeah.
1: So, what, what about any sort of uh, financing, layaway, things like
6: that kind of help? We do have a right now we got uh eighteen months interest free financing mm-hmm. for qualified folks and uh if you if for some reason you don't have good credit or no credit mm-hmm. we can do a lease to own and they prove just about anybody That'd uh, be darn. uh and they give you they only charge you uh eighty five dollars to to use them how they make their money if, as as long as you pay it back within three months so uh a lot of people out there that don't, that don't have good credit right now yeah and uh but uh we'll gift wrap it we still do the gift wrap now and uh we still have the front door parking and uh a lot of a lot of great buys in here we still have this we still sell sterling silver uh product for you know a hundred dollars and up and uh other crystal gifts and small gifts for under a hundred dollars we have that as well if you need, if you want that and we'll also gift wrap it and uh, so uh, and you can buy more than one piece to add up to a thousand dollars if you get, okay. the, the, you vacation get the vacation package. Got gotcha. you. Other places are doing it. Most places that do this are you have to buy a whole new car, or or four thousand, two thousand, three thousand dollar purchase. We're doing it for a thousand. Wow, that is awesome. What so, a deal. Yeah.
1: All right. Well, appreciate uh, the good information there, uh, Jay. We are once again down at Carter Jewelers today in downtown Jackson. Huge selection. Uh, great staff and service ready to help you make that selection for that special someone in your life. It's Christmas time, folks. It's Black Friday. Come on out and take advantage of these great deals. Jay will talk to you in an hour, man. Thanks. Thank you. Stepping aside for Super Talk News, Fox News on middays. Coming back after that on the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. Stay with us. We're in downtown Jackson at Carter Jewelers. Welcome back everyone. Hour two of midday, Super Talk, Mississippi, the Element Well Studios relocated today to Carter Jillers in downtown Jackson. Rhino back in the Super Talk Studios taking care of business for us today. So it is Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving, yesterday. Again, the the purpose of Thanksgiving is to give thanks. I mean that that is the, the root. Of the reason why we celebrate Thanksgiving it's to give thanks to our creator for our many blessings I I read an account an opinion article that was penned by Rebecca Koffler and miss Koffler is an immigrant into this country president of doctrine and strategy consulting the former Department of Intelligence Uh, a DIA intelligence officer, I should say, and author of Putin's playbook, Russia's Secret Plan to Defeat America. And she is uh, from Russia, immigrated into this country, uh, and grew up there in in the days of the old communist Soviet Union, the USSR. And if you really want to gain some serious appreciation for our many blessings of living in this country and being an American and born an American citizen. Look no further than to the words and thoughts from a person who immigrated to this country from one that does not, does not provide the many freedoms and blessings that we do, the U.S.S.R. She said that she fled Soviet Socialist Russia and came to America more than 30 years ago. It was a dream of her mother that inspired her to work hard, to learn English, come to America, said because it's the best place on earth. Now, sometimes I feel like, Rhino, that the left in this country wants us to become more like the countries where people are trying to exit and come here and and she understood that and her mother understood that a better life was in store for her daughter if she could Somehow get her way into the United States and She celebrated Thanksgiving because She and her her sister who also was able to make it into the United States immigrate here They thank God every day is what she said miss Koffler they thank God every day for the privilege of living in this country in simple things she says that we take for granted here such as living in a home that's warm in the winter she said growing up in a town that was near the border of Siberia said they had heat in the apartment but it was never warm enough you can imagine when you think about the brutal winters that uh, come the way of that region of the world, and and you know that the construction of the housing was second rate, and uh, nothing to the modern standards we enjoy here in this country said you know the government owned everything, including your housing, and they had control of your living conditions, and the authorities kept the heat on in the apartments at a bare minimum. summer they turned off the hot water and sometimes both hot and cold to save some rubles of course the russian currency just so they could keep the corruption going in the soviet union it's crazy how we we get all tied up about income inequality in this country not so much due to corruption and by the way the people that often often spout the income inequality narrative. They're the ones who who um, more than likely have achieved some sort of personal wealth in a, in, due to corruption, from being corrupt. But yet they they attack those who did it legitimately, legitimately because they produced societal value. Well, hell, in the Soviet Union, the wealth is owned by a scant few. That's the way socialism and communism. It works, they're fine. It's the proletariat that, um, that suffers, that really has no chance of moving up the economic ladder. And uh, have what those who make the, the rules will let them have. That, that's socialism. Central planning. Not for them, of course. So she said that even inside her her apartment in the winter they wore jackets and warm boots and mittens it's crazy and but today she says when I come from the outside in winter my house is toasty warm at 72 degrees it says that she sometimes still to this day is surprised that warm air's coming out in her residence instead of cold air which she was accustomed to as a youngster in the Soviet Union incredible and goes on to say of course every aspect of your life in the USSR was controlled by the government you couldn't move to another city you couldn't study you had to show residency or stamp your passport passport, called a propiska but you couldn't get a propiska in another city because you didn't have an apartment I mean so that you totally under the thumb of those in their nation in their system who who were authoritarians, that's how it works. They're bureaucrats they they were subject to bribe and corruption because they owned everything they managed everything markets didn't the said the police would hand you a fake traffic violation just to get a bribe, just to shake you down essentially even even medical care, which of course, in this in this utopia of socialism where it was free really wasn't. You often had to bribe the doctor to just get simple painkiller medicine or, or other medicines, medications. That the managers of grocery stores would hold back inventory for their friends and the bureaucrats and those who would bribe them. You couldn't just walk in the store and pick out whatever you wanted and like we're used to and take it to the checkout line and put it in a basket and roll it home, carry it home and eat it. I think the shelves were empty. There, There are countless photos and images of empty shelves in the USSR, but their military was strong as hell and their military was stocking up on nuclear weapons and honestly uh, I remember that when I was in college was used to worry about that I mean we were felt like on the verge of nuclear Armageddon we were in this ridiculous arms race and it was President Reagan who understood the way to break down the USSR was to do it economically and that's why he, he opened up he understood supply side economics and he implemented supply side policies that spread that, that, uh, spurred incredible economic growth from the private sector and it essentially broke Russia's what it did and they were spending the vast majority of their uh, GDP or a big chunk of it, not the vast majority but way more than, than we were uh, on their nuclear arsenal and their military I mean their idea was we're, you know, we're just gonna we're gonna conquer the US that's how we're gonna uh, obtain assets to improve our economic situation, not not unleash the private sector in their country. She goes on to say, this Russian immigrant in America, I marvel at the ease of being able to get a driver's license, yet we have people on the left here that say it's too hard to get a photo ID to vote. Really? And even with the ridiculous red tape we have in this country, she says it's still easier to establish a business. Uh, She she says the simple things like going to the grocery store and buying delicious apples. Even in the winter, how do you do that? Getting Novocaine, a painkiller, when the dentist drills her teeth. Something she couldn't get. Practice whatever religion you want. Remember, in the Soviet Union, worshiping God was outlawed. It was the almighty government. That's who you paid homage to. That's who you worshiped. Socialism, communism, that was the religion. And uh, they sought to put down anybody that defied that. Just incredible. We do. We have so much to give thanks for. And Thanksgiving is the day when we just reflect on those many blessings. Why these leftist fools have to ruin that? And everything always has to be traced back to 150 years ago or more, slavery. Everything, right? 170. And it just can't let it go. Uh, When do we ever move on? We acknowledge it. It was bad. But gosh, we've come a long way since then. When do we ever reflect on that? When do we ever laud that, praise that? We're at Carter Jewelers today reflecting on Thanksgiving. I hope you guys had a great one. We're coming right back. Stay with us.
0: The talk that keeps Mississippi talking. We're rolling.
4: Hit it. Go. Play it.
0: Midday's with Gerard Gibbert on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: back everyone midday super Talk Mississippi live the element well Studios are live from Carter jewelers today downtown Jackson great deals great uh, selection incredible selection folks of the jewelry in this store and the associates are uh, busy attending to customers in the store right now making their selections we've got Jay Lake owner of Carter jewelers coming back on the program at 10:50 to tell us about all the great deals and also at 1205 today a conversation I'm looking forward to Dr. David Altig, Dave Altig, Executive Vice President and Director of Research for the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. Very fortunate to have uh, Dr. Altig on. He was keynote speaker uh, about a month or so ago, at the Madison County Business League and Foundation Annual Vision Celebration at the Country Club of Jackson, I was privileged to introduce Dr. Altig. What an incredibly impressive resume he has, and he's right in the center uh, of advising Fed uh, Governor, his his president for the Atlanta Fed, and others and his counterparts in the other uh... fed districts on fed policy and that's a big thing right now with the fed trying to tame inflation by raising interest rates one of the honestly only two tools that they have at their disposal from a monetary policy perspective so he's going to join us uh... i uh, i chatted with him a, a good bit uh... after the event and and extended an invitation to call in and join us on the program and he he very graciously agreed to do so. So we're excited to have him on today. should have an engaging conversation. We were just talking in the last segment, uh, and, and sorry to go down the, the rabbit hole with that, folks, but it, it, it does require, I believe, Thanksgiving is a day that we should give thanks and, and think about how dead gum blessed we are to live in this great country. How fortunate we were to be born here, to be citizens here, and and things that we take for granted are frankly just out of reach and luxuries to often even the the best uh, uh, from an economic status position in many other countries, and, and was was the case not too long ago in the USSR back in the 70s, the 80s, where it was the bourgeois that that uh made all the decisions and and ran ran uh, ran the show in uh, the USSR and uh, it was the proletariat, the working class, the working class that uh, that that provided the bounty for the bourgeois and well, they really didn't get any of the benefits of their effort all that was controlled by and went to those in control. I mean it's central planning and every day it feels like that there's some attempt, there's some push by the left in this country to implement that same sort of socialistic central planning in this country and that goes right at the core and is in direct conflict with the capitalistic system, the free market system that made this country so great and enable enables us to have all of these simple pleasures of life such as hot water and that's not to say that there aren't people out there in our country that for whatever reason have fallen on tough times they're homeless don't don't have such but I would actually submit that to a great extent, that's because somehow they're just they're getting they're falling through the cracks. We've got so many safety nets in this country to accommodate and to assist those uh, with those particular needs. there really shouldn't even be that situation but but it is regrettably. I was talking earlier about Joy Reed, host of the readout on uh, MSNBC, I like to refer to her as the race lady, and she she didn't waste any time in uh, disparaging Thanksgiving, really blasted Thanksgiving, called it, quote, a fairy tale, links the holidays, the holiday to slavery. She links everything to slavery. We got some sound for you here. Rhino's got it teed up for us. This is what she said on Wednesday.
7: in tonight with Thanksgiving. The day we gather with friends and family to enjoy turkey, stuffing, mashed potatoes, and pumpkin pie. We throw on the game, catch up on our lives, and then discuss, or quite possibly argue, about religion and politics. For millions of Americans, it's a day of cherished traditions. And as Americans, we certainly value those traditions. But it's also important to unpack the myth of Thanksgiving. It is a holiday riddled with historical inaccuracies, built on... On this myth that the indigenous welcomed their colonizers with open arms and ears of corn. A simplistic fairy tale interpretation of a 1621 encounter between indigenous tribes and English settlers that erases the genocide that followed. It's the truth Republicans want banned from our textbooks. Because here's the secret they want so desperately to keep we are a country founded on violence our birth was violent in 1619 a ship with more than 20 enslaved africans landed in virginia ushering in two centuries of american slavery that left millions in chains or dead and when those humans in bondage were finally free a terrorist organization that was a card carrying member of polite society the ku klux klan picked up where the civil war ended using violence to maintain white supremacy. The Klan and its ilk are still active, and as Americans, we continue to choose violence.
1: Just incredible. Everything has to be attached to in her world and linked to slavery. The irony of that whole deal is that here's a person, a black female, who attended arguably the most prestigious University on the planet now works for a major network, has a major show, primetime show on that network, and makes a million and a half a year. You recall, Rhino, before I ever looked it up and I blasted her on that account, I guessed she made a million two, and you looked it up and came back and said it's a million five. It's probably more than that today. W- what is she doing? What is she doing in the way of um, her call for reparations? Is she out on the streets writing checks? Offering money? Offering her income? How about offering her seat, her show, her fame, her fortune? Until you start doing that, you got no credibility, lady. It was those settlers who escaped tyranny, a monarchy, and essentially, authoritarianism. Who came to this country, and which ultimately led to its its uh, constitution that created the greatest country on the planet. We we are we are doomed to sin. God tells us that. I mean, we're humans. We're flawed. We sin. What our hope is that we do more good than we sin. i think i shared this before back in my catechism in catholic school the nuns would say every time you do something good you get a bag of grace in heaven and when you do something bad a bag of grace is taken away and when it, when you pass from the earth that's what god looks at whether or not you're gonna be allowed into heaven be welcomed into heaven is how many bags of grace you have it you know to a youngster that made sense that was a way to describe it i think But this is a lady who never ever acknowledges anything positive, anything good. (laughs) The country's just wicked, it's evil, it's irredeemable. I don't think I can think of a single situation where on her national program she's ever said anything positive about this country. What is she thankful for? She ought to be thankful for a lot, given her situation. It's just incredible. And why does the left, why, why are they determined to just push this narrative? Why, why are they so convicted to uh, the story that, the false story, that America is just evil and wicked and irredeemable? And they're indoctrinating our kids in many cases, the Los Angeles public school district which is the second largest in the country 640,000 K-12 students actually discouraged students from celebrating Thanksgiving offering an alternative holiday in the place Of course this uh, this recommendation came down from, you guessed it the Los Angeles University uh, Unified School District, Office of Human Relations, Diversity, and Equity. And they prepared a number of presentations called Advisory Lessons, which just really push the whole left-wing narrative, and that's what they want to push on students. It is ridiculous. We're going to take a break right here. We're coming back. We're at Carter Jewelers today we got uh, Jerry Lake, the owner, coming up at 11.50. Stay with us.
0: Okay, is everybody ready? I'm ready. Ready here. Middays with Gerard Gibbons on Super Talk Mississippi.
4: Let the midnight special the midnight special shine a light on me let the midnight special shine a light on me welcome back everyone
1: One midday super talk mississippi live downtown jackson carter jewelers today Starting to see uh, more folks come in the store making their selections and walking out with packages and smiles on their faces. We're going to have either Jay Lake or Jerry Lake of Carter Jewelers coming on the program in the next segment. And they will talk to you about this incredible promotional deal they've got going on. You spend a thousand dollars on jewelry, you get an all-expense paid vacation to either Orlando or Las Vegas. This really is an incredible deal. I don't know, and, and Jay in the last, uh, last hour said, first time they've ever done this, but uh, I see the signage around the store uh, promoting uh, this special deal. It's really incredible. On the ceasefire text line, two years ago on Thanksgiving Day, our family was gathered at my granddaughter's house and her 15-year-old poodle louie died of congestive heart failure it was the saddest thing and the entire family cried and cried we remembered him in our prayers yesterday at our thanksgiving dinner so sorry for your loss may the lord comfort your family wow sorry for yours as well and and appreciate that Um, you know kind of have mixed emotions about this occurring on on thanksgiving Uh, there's maybe a side of you the sadder side that would say that it is uh, kind of mars the holiday but we're not going to think of it that way we're going to uh the lost mars the holiday we're going to think of it as a day to of course give thanks to the to God above our creator for all of our many blessings that is the purpose and intent uh as designated for thanksgiving which by the way has been going on long before we started celebrating such days Uh, earmarked for that purpose. Uh, That's been going on in cultures and societies uh, long before we started celebrating it here officially in in this country. But we're going to choose to remember it as a day also to give thanks for the time we had with Brute, and uh, the the joy and happiness that he brought to our family, and we, we are blessed. We are better for him being part of our lives, and that's the way we're gonna to um, celebrate Thanksgiving going forward. But but uh, I know you're probably aware of this Rhino. You're kind of a student of history more so than I am. But celebrating, carving out, designating days as days of thanksgiving it's been going on a long time we we weren't we didn't really invent it uh, this is something that prior societies have uh, have celebrated and, and have designated as a reason for celebration there have been situations in in past cultures where historic cultures where uh, simply um, taking time to celebrate ending of a drought when you were so reliant on weather and weather systems and, oh, yeah. and, and water uh, right from the skies, from the heavens, to essentially to eat. And so there's, there's nothing new. This goes, I mean, even back to the 1500s in this country, Spanish explorer Coronado at uh, Palo Duro Canyon in what is now Texas, French Protestant uh, colonists at Charleston, now Paris Island, South Carolina, held Thanksgiving back in 1564, 1541 in Texas, at the behest of the Spanish explorer Coronado. And then in 1607, Jamestown settlers held Thanksgiving at Cape Henry, Virginia, and there are all kinds of other records of of, um, such celebrations. But, but this has been going on a while. Um, the, like I said, the, the ending of a drought, uh, just a little rain from the skies, was, was an example of that. Uh, the,
2: yeah, you um, can trace then. archaeological evidence all the way back to really the beginning of agricultural society, where yeah. you would have a, a large ritual. I mean, this is talking about thousands of years pre-Christianity. Where you would have at the the times of harvest you would have great feasts and slaughters of animals to provide for the entire community and that's across the world in different archaeological areas and then you'd have another feast right around the winter equinox where the or right around the the time where you, you start to get a little bit longer days so you knew you were halfway out of the dark long before people were keeping up with calendars on walls but you had feasts at a time to celebrate and be thankful that you made it here we now know from this point going forward the days will get longer life will get easier we can do this yeah excellent uh even
1: um prior to the more traditional uh... official i guess thanksgiving before the english colonists arrived the native people actually celebrated days of thanksgiving uh... and that usually came about because they would have a bountiful harvest of food i mean literally just feeding their population it's what they invested a lot of their cycles in 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 those days and and, uh... no bounty from the farms Uh, No life, essentially. And so there was such things as a strawberry Thanksgiving, a green corn Thanksgiving, just when they would, in fact, have um, uh, farming seasons that would uh, have high yields and they were able to feed the the population and, and all the folks in various communities, uh, they would celebrate that and give thanks for it. And, th- and that's what Thanksgiving's all about. Unfortunately, Joy Reed wants to tie it to, to slavery. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know about the accuracy of, of the settlers coming over and bringing slaves with them and that sort of stuff. Uh, if that happened, okay, we acknowledge that. But th- that, I do not think, is, is reason uh, to just ditch Thanksgiving, because I think she's missing the point. In the Los Angeles School District, teaching students not to celebrate Thanksgiving, and, uh, and ra- but rather their curriculum discusses the extensive history of, of, of a conflict of violence between Native people. And uh, the pilgrims, of course, all because of uh, European settlers that came into the country. And they, they even go so far, the Los Angeles Unified School District, as to instruct students on the land that the school district headquarters sits on that was uh, at one time owned by and inhabited by in indigenous people. Okay, fine. But... Again, the narrative is so one-sided. Everything's negative. Everything is, is uh, just demeaning and degrading and harshly critical of the country, its history, its founding. If you listen to these folks, nothing good has ever come out of this country. Nothing. Which is so ridiculous. They actually want to rename Thanksgiving to a, and this is in their curriculum, a national day of mourning, which bears the subtitle, learn about the day of protest held by Native Americans to mourn ancestors and the theft of their lands. Again, if you listen to these folks and this is the stuff that they're shoving down the throats of of young impressionable students, if you listen to them, uh, there's nothing positive uh, about this country and everything is divisive gosh everything and, and it's rooted in the Marxist theory of division again between the bourgeoisie and the and the proletariat the those who did the work the proletariat those who planned the work and distributed the assets and controlled them the bourgeoisie and and that is just classic socialism and when there's no private property involved, it rises to the level of communism, which is really more aligned with what the USSR was, but people such as Miss Koffler, whose account we shared earlier in the program, immigrated over here for a reason, to escape that sort of oppression and escape that sort of sad lifestyle. I, honestly, I'm sick of it. Um, Thomas and Greenwood says, in quotes, that wasn't actually socialism. Some young Democrat. That's spot on, Thomas. I agree with you totally on that. You you do hear that refrain. I know you've heard it as well, Rhino, quite a bit. Well, they just didn't implement it right. That really wasn't socialism. I say horse hockey. It is socialism. and any time, you confer that kind of power to to that small a segment of the po- uh, population, the bourgeoisie, in this case in our case here in this country it's the handful of people in washington that want to seize central control of the entire dang country in every aspect of life um, these young democrats are sadly misinformed and it is our job folks to enlighten them and to inform them of the dangers and honestly they never refer to do they like the race lady the lives lost in socialism maoism Communism? No comparison. No comparison. We're going to step aside for a break right here on Middays. We're in the Element Well Studios today down at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson. Mr. Jerry Lake, the owner of Carter Jewelers, is going to be our next guest. Stay with us.
0: With Gerard Gippert. Come
4: on, let's get on with the show!
0: On Super Talk, Mississippi.
1: dumping us into this segment here on middays. We are live at Carter Jewelers today. It is Black Friday, the day after Thanksgiving. I, I would say officially launching the start of the busy Christmas shopping season. Joining us now, Jerry Lake, the owner of Carter Jewelers. Jerry, always good to see you, my friend. Well, thank you. Did a little uh, walk around. You got plenty of merchandise in the store <laughs> set up, ready to sell. and You always have, of course, a, a great staff. I've been watching them assist customers with their selections this morning, and Folks are walking out with packages and bags and so forth, and they're happy with their purchases. And, and smiles yeah. from
8: the ones I've I've seen. That's what you want. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. it's. Uh, I don't know if you've talked any about our our promotion that we're uh, that we've actually just officially started. We're giving away to every customer who spends uh, just a thousand dollars or more. They get a uh, a round trip for two. To Las Vegas, Nevada, or they can go to Orlando, Florida, and this will include like uh, uh, at least three-star hotel accommodations uh, for the time that you're there. They you, you do have to pay uh, tax on this. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, I know it's uh, it, it's over you know it's over a hundred dollars, but right. I mean you know you you're talking about nowadays your airfare is usually going to run you. Uh, over a thousand dollars not to mention a hotel and and let me a getaway sometimes can be really uh invigorating mm-hmm. to the soul. and uh it it's uh, it's it's a great it's a great deal and we've also uh, we, we're we're starting or our christmas sale is going on uh and i'm i'm still going going through and marking jewelry and product down but uh it's uh I think you're gonna find one of the best selections in fine jewelry that you've ever seen it's uh, I say regional I, I frankly right around this region I, I personally don't know of anybody that carries a, a, a better selection than what we have and, uh, and and I can tell you this too you're gonna get uh, the the best quality jewelry ever made for the main part at, at prices that are really incredible you know i we work really hard to to be able to to uh, get this product, jewelry, produced at these prices, and, and sell it to you, our customer, for the prices we're selling it at, and anything that you run into at the store that hadn't been marked down, I'll honor at least an extra twenty percent off. So I mean, you know, it's wow. It's uh, we're, it's a great, it's a great, great Christmas sale. We gift wrap everything, uh, and uh, you know, we uh, we try to try to take care of our customers and, and I, I think that if you have, have a interest in a piece of fine jewelry and you you can hear this broadcast uh, it would be worth your time to to come in and take a look because uh, I, I think you're going to see really some some of the most beautiful jewelry you've ever seen at great great deals. Now with respect to the vacation
1: promotion you were just talking about Jerry, when does that purchase have to be made to qualify?
8: Uh, wh- you know, we, we started we started earlier in the week, but I mean, you know, you have to you have to of course purchase it now. It Doesn't include anything in, in back purchases. And now, if you if you lay might want to do a layaway, uh, we'll let you do a layaway, but you don't get the uh, trip until after the layaway is paid out. I got you. Uh, but it would reserve that trip because I mean, you know, we. <laughs> we've got a limited amount of these trips and honestly I don't I don't have any idea if I could uh, get them in for the price I got them in to be able to give them away but it's uh, it's truly a phenomenal deal for for somebody who has an interest in in you know doing a trip like this and it's for two so it's uh it, it's a great thing we're having a great is really, this this sale is so good with the selection and the, and the beauty and the product and the you know the uh, uh the detail in the finish and the quality is really it, it adds up to like a, a really a, a great gift and uh and a good deal yeah and uh, you know the one thing I'll say
1: also Jerry just a, just a, a anecdotal observation your
8: staff seems to be very loyal I see the same people uh, working for you every time I come in here <laughs> it's a pretty big deal yeah I think it it that uh, it gives some them- some credibility to the staff, and also some trustworthiness. Yeah, you know they they know that uh, you know these people have worked there a long time, and they they trust. Uh, they know about their product, and also that they 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 just they trust the store. Yeah, you know which and they is, have fun. I watch them. They have fun working with the customers <laughs> yeah. too. It's a big yeah. deal. Yeah. Well, let me tell you something. If you can't have some fun, it, you probably <laughs> You're not in the right yeah, pursuit. That's right. That's <laughs> so exactly anyway, right. that's uh, that's the way that's exactly my right. viewpoint about it. Anyway, I hope I hope some of you folks should come out here and, and give us a chance over at Carter Jewelers. It's a great promotion and Christmas sale. We'll talk to you in an All hour. Right. Appreciate okay, it, thank Jerry. You. Thanks.
1: Bye. Jerry Lake, owner of Carter Jewelers, has been our guest talking about the great deals, the great selection here in the vacation promotion. If you buy a thousand dollars worth of jewelry, we'll step aside for a break right here. It's top of the hour. That means super News, Fox News. When we return, Dr. David Altig, Executive Vice President and Director of Research for the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. Middays is at Carter Jewelers.
0: And now, another hour of the talk that keeps Mississippi talking. Middays with Gerard Gibbert.
4: Begin your transition now.
0: Now on Super Talk Mississippi. That
1: right. Welcome back, everyone. Midday Super Talk Mississippi live from Carter Jewelers, the Element Well Studios relocated to downtown Jackson. Joining us now. Dr. David Altig, Executive Vice President and Director of Research with the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. Dr. Altig, thanks so much for joining us today on Middays. My pleasure yes sir so I uh, had the opportunity to see you deliver some remarks at the Madison County Business League and Foundation vision celebration about a month or so ago sir really uh, appreciate you coming to Mississippi and, and really enjoyed uh, your thoughts uh, tell our audience a little bit about exactly what you do there at the Fed
5: yes yeah, so I uh, am as, as you indicated I'm the director of research so that is roughly speaking the chief economist for the Atlanta Fed, so my uh, my job is really to help uh, my boss, who is uh, Rafael Bostic, the president of the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta, uh, on many things, but most uh, most directly preparing to go to Washington to sit on the Federal Open Market Committee and be one of those folks who weighs in on interest rate policy for the country.
1: Right. Yes. Thank you for that. So in, in, in addition, Dr. Altig, do you also advise uh, your boss there, the, the, the Fed governor? Uh, what about with respect to uh, bond buying and just the Fed's balance sheet in addition to interest rate policy? That, that's really sort of the other tool that the Fed has at its disposal from a monetary policy perspective. Are you involved in, in research and advice there?
5: Yeah, we have to really cover the whole whole range of uh, potential monetary policy actions that might take. Obviously, uh, the balance sheet policy is a part of it, although the committee has largely sort of put that into the background for the time being. Uh, so, the primary uh, tool that the, the uh, committee is focused on right now is actually is actually the interest rate.
1: Yeah. Six rates, uh, to my count, uh, since March of this year, six rate hikes, I should say, uh, Mm -hmm. have been implemented. We're sitting right now, the Fed funds rate, between three and three quarters, four percent, maybe a little north of that. But Mm -hmm. prior to um, this succession of rate hikes, we were sitting around zero, were we not?
5: For a long time. (laughs)
1: <laughs> for a very long time, the old cheap money as they say, and uh, seems like at least for the time being those days are out. Now there's been some signals in the last week or so from some of the other uh, Fed presidents that we might uh, expect a, a half a percent, a 50 basis point increase in the next round in December. How, how's that looking? What can you tell us about that today?
5: Well, I mean, I, there there are two things I should probably make clear, which is I can't really speak for the committee. Uh, and actually, no one person outside of Chair Powell can speak for the entire committee. So folks are sort of giving their own impression on things. And, you know, as we begin our preparations for going to the meeting, I mean, we've kept it pretty open what um, our advice is going to be. Um, although uh, you are right in that the uh, preponderance of commentary lately from the people who are actually going to be making the decisions has been uh, that uh, you know a slightly slower uh, pace of increases is definitely going to be on the table in the discussion.
1: It uh, seems like, at least of late, uh, because we've had uh, big time record inflation, or certainly the highest we've had in some time, and then the Fed's response to that in, in the way of increasing interest rates, and Fed Chairman Powell's made it very clear that the target is to get to the 2% a sort of natural rate of inflation and they'll do whatever's necessary to achieve that. It seems like it's almost become sport for economists and the investment community to try to second guess and parse everything Fed Chairman Powell says or even the other governors as well. Uh, and, they're, and they're trying to incorporate that into their strategies, into their predictions and projections and let's face it, to a great extent that's what drives the market.
5: Yeah, and that's uh, that's actually a feature, not a bug, of the whole process. Sure, is, sure. You know, we you know we affect uh, the economy, and we uh, you know the tool that we have to meet our objectives, which include both the inflation and sort of trying to maintain the best uh, employment picture that we can. That works through kind of the market reaction to you know the actions of the uh, federal open market committee so uh, right now it appears that there's fairly good alignment between what the market is expecting and uh, at least publicly what the committee has indicated uh, is the direction they are likely to go and that's uh, that that's a that's a sign of things functioning pretty well in my opinion
1: yeah yeah, it, it's just it's almost kind of entertaining honestly for those of us who watch it's enter- entertaining just watching the, uh, the the different opinions and, and uh, predictions that come from economists in the investment community uh, sometimes on the show I, I talk about the old adage that economists have to have two hands because they're constantly saying you know but on the other hand uh, trying to give himself a, a, a little leeway on on well something else could uh, go in a different direction and cause me to change my our view and uh, and opinion. One of the things that economists have have cited, to the extent you can discuss this with us, Dr. Altig, is that it's really a tall order for the Fed to tame inflation using the limited tools at their disposal, mainly that being the Fed funds rate, interest rate hikes, without there being corresponding uh, uh, fiscal policy that boosts supply and and also has an impact on uh, the price of goods and services. Does the Fed actually work with, and that comes, of course, from the government. Does the Fed actually advise the government in any way on that?
5: Yeah, uh, not you know, not very directly. Uh, you know, there are, there is commentary that you will hear now and again about um, you know the impact of fiscal policy decisions on the economy. That obviously the the, the you know Federal Reserve has to react to. There is good communication between the Treasury and, uh, in particular, Chair Powell. But, you know, we are not responsible for yeah. uh, fiscal policy. And, you know, as a consequence, uh, you know, there's a limitation. Uh, I mean, we're not really probably very keen on advice giving to people yeah. who are elected officials, after all, and you know it is their responsibility to make the decisions. So for us, it's just a thing we have to deal with.
4: Okay,
1: I understand. So as the Director of Research, uh, Executive Vice President and Director of Research at the Fed of Atlanta, uh, tell us about how you conduct your research, Dr. Altig. What are your, your sources and what's your process for that?
5: Well, I mean, in some sense, we are statisticians like a lot of uh, uh, people who monitor markets and monitor the economy. So there is um, a great deal of data analysis. There's um, um, a great deal of uh, trying to model uh, the economy and uh, try to kind of come up with the best way to um understand what the interventions that are made by the federal reserve what impact they're going to have on the economy i I will say that this has been a harder than normal job as of late because the circumstances that we find ourselves in are uh, quite unusual i mean we've never had anything in most of our lifetimes uh Mm -hmm. like the pandemic and the policy reactions outside of monetary policy to that pandemic. So in many ways, uh, you know, we rely on history to kind of provide uh, guidance for us, and that history is not speaking very clearly to current circumstances.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I can see that. Uh, Just a couple of minutes left. I I, I caught a report that you had done some research about uh, Social Security and when someone could uh, be best positioned uh, financially to start receiving Social Security benefits. A couple of minutes here. Tell us about that exactly, your thoughts and your findings.
5: That that research is where what what we're trying to do is we are trying to um, project um, using data on households that comes from the Federal Reserve and and from the uh, census, uh, predict, uh, sort of the return to folks from making timing decisions about when they begin to collect uh, Social Security, and one of the things we found is that more people would seem to benefit from delaying the starting point of uh, of the of the age at which they collect Social Security to seventy years old, which is sort right. of the kind of trip point. Uh, a lot more people would benefit from that than um, currently seem to be benefiting from it. So, yeah. you know, we were point, pointing out that this is something you probably want to think of uh, uh, carefully if you're like me and are sort of facing those decisions in in, in reality.
1: Yeah, absolutely. In fact, your findings uh, indicated before we go here uh, that the lifetime discretionary spending could be improved by a median of $182,000 if if a person waited to age
5: 70. Yeah, it's not trivial.
1: Wow. Dr. Alt, we appreciate you calling in and joining us here on uh, Middays. Really enjoyed the discussion, sir, and and, uh, thanks for your efforts there at the Federal Reserve. Thank you so much. I look forward to going back to Mississippi next. Yes, sir. Looking forward to that as well. Coming right back here at Carter Jewelers. Stay with us. The Element Wealth Studios once again relocated to Carter Jewelers in downtown Jack- Jackson. The deals are great. The selection is huge, and the folks here will help you out picking uh, a piece of jewelry or mo- multiple pieces of jewelry for that special other person in your life or persons. And the folks are coming in, making their selections. Completing their purchase, walking out with packages, and they've got smiles on their faces, and that's what it's all about. It is uh, Christmas time. It's a short month away, hard to believe. And I- I've seen differing, conflicting reports about the expectations for holiday spending. Some economists predicting uh, a surge in spending and record spending. Some are saying Americans are using too much of their money to buy the necessities of life, and they're going to cut back on their spending. What about you, folks? What, is, what are your plans uh, based on your current economic situation? It's, it's a tough one to call. The price of gas, which is, of course, something almost all of us got to have, if not all of us, that seems to have moderated a bit, certainly from its June highs, and I think that's a function of the, the supply chain, Increasing the output somewhat. Uh, of course, the president's going to take all the credit for uh, releasing barrels of oil out of the strategic petroleum reserve. And then, of course, there's been some some degree of a decrease in demand, and most of that is coming from China. Where, Rhino, have you seen this? They're just determined. Uh, speaking of bourgeoisie, the folks who run China. Uh, Xi Jinping and his inner circle—they're uh, determined uh, to stick with this no-zero COVID policy, and they're shutting down whole cities again. And m- many factories and places of business are business are shuttering. Apple is actually down today. The stock is on reports that one of the main factories. Uh, that uh, produces the iPhone is uh, not operating at full capacity and so that's got investors concerned about Apple's ability to produce these phones that generate a lot of their revenue and, and uh, profit and so the stock is down today uh let's see here it's down a couple of bucks about three bucks two dollars and 96 cents and this is because china's is shutting stuff down now the cdc is once again recommending not mandating but recommending masks and of course the complicit left leftist governments especially at the municipal level in this in this country are likely to respond by uh, adhering to the CDC's guidance Los Angeles once again right now recommending masks indoors and considering implementing it as a mandate, issuing an order for the entire city of Los Angeles that folks would have to wear masks whenever they are indoors.
2: Speaking of China and masks, a bit of a funny story tied into the World Cup. I stumbled across a, a thread on social media of Chinese highlights of the World Cup. And they're not quite as bad as North Korean highlights, where everything's edited like North Korea wins. But... They do blur out all the fans in every clip because they don't want the people of China to see that many people crammed into a tight space, not wearing masks. (laughs) Of course. Uh,
1: Of course, their government, right, they specialize in hiding information. Oh, yeah and shielding their people from information. That's why they have the great firewall of China as it's called which completely filters all the in and outbound uh traffic on the internet. They don't get the same internet that you and I are accustomed to here where pretty much everything that's out there is accessible from our many devices not in China, the great firewall of China. That literally is what it is referred to. Uh filters content. It's a giant content filter. For the entire country, they are isolated from the rest of the world in an attempt to uh, really just keep their people from seeing, just like you were saying, Rhino, how the rest of the world looks and operates and what else is available. I don't know how effective it is, honestly, and I think people are starting to catch on in China, and they're seeing it. You're you're seeing reports of of, uh, dust-ups between... Chinese workers in some of these factories, and some of the white, white-clad enforcement uh, government enforcers that are responsible for for putting down any sort of any sort of uh, uh, demonstrations and outcries from the people. It's ridiculous, and. You know, I know folks on the left would laugh at me for saying this, but it really does feel like, to me, just based on the way they have behaved and acted and governed, that there are many in this country that seek the same over here. Was it the the recent summit, uh, the economic summit? Where the the head person, his name escapes me. We talked about the economic summit a couple of weeks ago. Klaus the, Schmidt. That's it. Klaus Schmidt, the Thank most you.
2: Bond villain sounding name ever. <laughs>
1: it is. But did you see where he he held up China in in an, in an interview, a one on one interview with a reporter, as being the model for the rest of the world in so many facets, in so many aspects. Is this guy nuts?
2: China? He's holding them up? It's ridiculous. Anything, Well, so in fairness, he loves money, and China's all about spending money on other people to buy well, influence. that's true. You, you know, you make a good point. You just
1: wonder how much of that's flowing in his pocket for merely stating that. Oh, yeah. I'm betting the communist regime is uh, is rewarding him appropriately for saying that. So ridiculous, Rhino speaking of cultures, the Japanese culture will you share with the audience what you shared with me the other day about how they reacted and what they did after a soccer game where they uh they were the underdog and won
2: oh yeah it's uh I've talked about it in the past but the the Japanese soccer fans are mind boggling with their their selflessness, because it doesn't matter if their team wins, loses, draws, even if their team isn't even playing, and they're just there to watch the match. They take big plastic garbage bags with them to every match, (laughs) and not only do they clean up after themselves in their area where their supporters are sitting, they make their way around the stadium and help clean up the stadium after every match, and it's It's a cultural thing for them that they're taught from when they're little, like in schools in Japan, they may have a janitor on staff, but that janitor's job is to do things that the kids can't do, like fix a toilet or a sink or something, because the kids themselves clean up the school, and that's just something you see like in public parks you'll have big parties thrown in public parks and they clean up after themselves and the the people that work at the park are just there waiting at the end like thank you and they take the bag and dispose of it.
1: That is so crazy. I mean you showed me uh, little video clips of it going on and I just couldn't believe all the Japanese nationals in the stands with these giant plastic bags all full of the trash. It, uh, golly, you, you have to just be respectful of a, of a culture like that that uh, understands the importance of taking care of uh, where they live, where they work, and, and the assets. Uh, in that they're uh, accessible to so it's it's incredible and, and yeah they were asked about it
2: and and one of the Japanese ladies that was helping clean up said, and this was translated and I don't speak Japanese, so I'm not hundred percent sure the translation was correct, but the way it was presented is they have a an abiding respect for place. Hmm. Sure makes total sense and and you wonder
1: how much of that is driven by the fact that they they live in they're very densely populated and they uh, I mean space is a treasure they don't have the big wide open spaces uh, that we do here in this country and they for decades right they literally live on top of each other it seems and I I think because of that they they seem to be more respectful of uh, the trail they leave behind if you will, and and they don't want that to impose on anyone else's space, so maybe they were thinking about safe spaces, but in a different a different context, long before the nutty leftist safe space. Um, Started happening in this country, that that movement in this country, which is just virtue signaling, garbage is all that is. That's just whiny baby stuff. Not to, not to them though. They're really talking about taking care of the space in which uh, a person lives and functions. And hats off to them for that. We we could take uh, I think an example from them, couldn't we? We could take a cue from them. I believe we're going to step aside for a break right here. Midday's is at Carter Jewelers today. We got half an hour left. We'll talk a little bit more in the next segment. You won't believe what some are finding now racist. You you just got to stick around for that report. And then Jerry Lake, the owner of Carter Jewelers, will round things off today. Stay with us. Midday Super Talk Mississippi. We're at Carter Jewelers today. The Element Well Studios temporarily moved to downtown Jackson they got lots of inventory in here folks and great people to help you with your selection and great deals and also don't forget about the big vacation promotion you buy a thousand dollars worth of jewelry and you get an all-expense paid vacation your choice either las vegas or orlando florida is quite the deal bow in indianola so we've been talking about uh oh joy reed the race lady over there and many folks on the left who Seek to really condemn and criticize Thanksgiving and really want to redefine it, if you will. Reimagine Thanksgiving, I guess, Rhino is what they want to do because it was all due to colonizers and colonization. So they want to dismantle and re- reimagine Thanksgiving. It's just so ridiculous. Uh, Bowen Indianola says, and, and by the way, before I read this, I just shared a, an opinion piece that I caught that was written by a former uh, former person that came from the USSR former resident former citizen of the USSR that emigrated into the United States. And she decided to sit down and just write exactly what life was like in the USSR versus her life in the great United States today. And we really appreciate her pointing out. And, sh- and she mainly just references some of the simple, simple amenities and pleasures and benefits we have here in this country that simply do n- are not enjoyed by those who live under oppressive socialist communist regimes and i thought it was excellent some of the points that she made Bo in indianola says when i was in high school my sister my sister's best friend was an exchange student from russia and as a kid i could not comprehend or understand the stories she would tell of us how it was over there she had agencies in russia watching her every move for sending her parents twenty dollars in the mail I i don't doubt that whatsoever Bo. it's the way uh... things operate over there and once again the those at the the top of the income heap, uh... at the top of the uh, of the power square they control all the assets they control all the income and they often have to be bribed uh... just to perform we we, we shared that uh, in a, co- a couple of segments ago, that's the bourgeoisie that are in charge, in control, and they, they essentially run every aspect of the proletariat's life, proletariat of course being those citizens who make stuff work, who do the work, who make the economy go, but they participate Uh, very little in the fruits of their labor. Now, of course, in this country you'll hear that that crap all the time. Well, the CEOs get all the benefit and the the line workers uh, really don't uh, participate in the good fortunes of the company, which, of course, is total horse hockey. The the markets are the only uh, and best and fairest arbiter of uh, uh, wages, of prices, not central planning bureaucrats, which is the way it works in socialism, who dictate who's going to produce what, how much they're going to produce, and what the price of it is going to (laughs) be. And uh, they also, to a great extent, control what you can buy, who you can buy it from, and what, of course, what price you're going to pay for it. So the folks in this country who maybe work for these corporations that are led by CEOs that uh, make a good bit more than, than they do, it, it's uh, it's always a farcical comparison, honestly, because it's it's about value. And the fact is that the very few people on the planet that can run these large corporations, they're compensated at a very high level because they are involved in decision-making and in operational uh, management and, and tasks and responsibilities that are just not born uh, by others within the company. And there are just very few. Honestly that can that can serve in that role and that's why they're compensated accordingly. It's no different than the Comparison we've made here on the show. Let's let's think about the NBA and the Exorbitant pay what was a couple of days ago Rhino we were talking about Lionel Messi Oh, yeah, who's made a billion dollars kicking a soccer ball, but the market determines that that's that's perfectly fine with me but I would venture to say that Lionel Messi makes a whole lot more than the people who say are, are, are vending in the stands uh, or prepare the field or take up the tickets you can go down the list. And it just has to do with there are a whole lot more people that are willing to part with their money to see Lionel kick a soccer ball and, and play the game than there are people that are willing to part with their money to someone that's, that's preparing the field. That's, that's just the way it works. That's for free markets at work. That doesn't mean that the, the person who's at the lower end of the income scale that makes the event possible couldn't improve their skills and, and, and work to do so to find a, a higher compensating occupation in life. But when the government gets involved and tries to dictate who's going to make what and how much they're going to uh, produce, et cetera, cetera, nothing good comes out of that. That just seems to get lost on the left. But they'd rather focus on the income inequality, but you'll never see them talk about that with respect to professional athletes or performing artists, probably because most of them, align with uh, with their political philosophy and ideology I would venture to say but heck, the way it is in this country today so are a lot of these uh, these woke CEOs actually I don't think they are I think in public they are but in private they're not I I think it's uh, once again comes down to what I call woke insurance which is ridiculous I think they do it just to keep the left off their backs and that's really terrible Let's see here. Chris the mailman says, check out a book called Live Not By Lies. Lots of stories of people who lived under communism and fought against it. I, I might do that, Chris. I appreciate the heads up on that. Gary the Berg says, Back in my youth coaching days, we had our teams clean up the trash at the soccer fields where we played. They gladly did it and gave them a sense of accomplishment. Lots of teams did this. Way too many people in our country don't care too entitled, and have no sense of respect, sportsmanship, or courtesy. This needs to change. I agree with you, Gary, and I uh, required the same of the athletes I coached uh, through my years. And this is what's crazy, sometimes at the objection of their parents. Who didn't want them doing that often it was because they were so disgusted with the outcome of a game or I don't know the play in time of their kid or something they just wanted to get them the heck out of there and I just wouldn't put up with it so you just can't play for me if you if you can't and I made it very clear before the season started and before we invited someone on our team you you had to understand that this was before I had a choice and wasn't involved at that level In and, and um competitive youth youth sports, mainly baseball, but when I got to the point where I could hand pick, um, that was just a, a, an understanding that was made clear up front. In fact, I actually had a contract that uh, we would have the parents sign in a very simple one, uh, little one pager with uh, bullet points on it that we'd ask the children to agree to the players to agree to as well. It was just simple stuff. You're going to carry your equipment, you're going to clean up, you're going to listen, you're going to come to practice. I mean, just the simple kinds of things like that. And so, uh, I I agree with you though, Gary. That's the way it needs to go. Thomas in in Greenwood says, heck, read the Gulag Archipelago if you want to learn about Russia. Yeah, there's no secret about uh, what what uh, happens under communist control and communist authoritarianism. But it Thanksgiving, I think, is a day where we, sh- we should reflect on our many blessings, and one of those, of course, is the fact that we live in a country that is not run by communist bourgeoisie. It's just simple as that. And someone earlier on the text line pointed out the distinction between North and South Korea. I, I think a lot of folks have probably seen a photo from space that's taken of the North and South uh, Korean peninsula where you can clearly see that at night North Korea is largely dark. I mean, you, you can literally see uh, where the, the country is bordered, the other one, North and South. And in South Korea, it's all lit up. And that's because South Korea is, is a free country and, and uh, one that engages in uh, uh, capitalism as their economic system, and North Korea is quite the opposite. It is a very authoritarian, op- oppressive, communist uh, nation, and essentially run by one fool. And because of that, it's just incredible. So, hmm. let's see here on the ceasefire text line. Uh, what is this? I call BS. In today's world, who you know benefits ten to one over what you know. Look at MDOT. Twenty-year employees train twenty-year-olds how to do the job, and the twenty-year-old is the boss. Administration. Yeah, I totally disagree. I can't speak about the M- MDOT, but uh, uh, in my 33 years in business and being around lots of businesses, large and small, across the actually the globe, but in particular in this country, I never saw that. It was all about performance. It was all about value, and that's the way it should be. When I grew up, Thanksgiving was a time for family. Why make everything woke politics, Mike, from Grand Bay, Alabama? Couldn't agree more. Absolutely couldn't agree more. Excellent statement. Totally agree with you, Mike. Time for a break here on Middays. When we come back, Jerry Lake, the owner of Carter Jeweler, he'll round out the program today. We are at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson. Stay with
0: us. You're listening to Middays with Gerard here on Super Talk Mississippi. <laughs>
1: at Carter Jewelers in downtown Jackson. It is, of course, Friday after Thanksgiving. I guess officially kicks off the start of the Christmas shopping season. It is also known as Black Friday when retailers hope to bring the customers in and produce some some uh, some profit, of course, from their sales, also known as being in the black as opposed to being in the red. And I can tell you, it looks like a big day here at Carter Jewelers. We got Jerry Lake, the owner of Carter Jewelers, I'm seeing folks come in here, make selections, and uh, make purchases, and walk out pretty happy again. Jerry, it's, it's got to be good for you, man. <laughs>
8: yeah, that's uh, you know that's your that's your prayer uh, that you know that that happens. And anyway, I'm I'm thankful that uh, well, I'm I'm thankful to have this business and and have the product and the customers to to satisfy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know we we officially uh, our christmas sale we kick off uh we start today actually it, it's and this weekend we've got a we got a uh, promotion that's incredible uh we're giving away with any purchase of just a thousand dollars or more uh and you can get uh, two or three things w- with that but we're giving away a, a round trip for two people to las vegas nevada or orlando florida and we're also including uh, uh, at least three-star hotel accommodations for two nights and, and three days. And uh, it's this is, you know, for for a lot of you that maybe you, you want to get the heck out of town, uh, this could be a, you get a, a pretty piece of jewelry and you get a trip for two to, uh, you know, to two of the biggest entertainment venues in the world but uh let's i'm going to talk about our christmas sale yes it's uh you know this is this is the time of the year where we put uh pretty much everything in the whole store has been marked down and anything that now we're i've been working hard trying to get things Marked down with generous markdowns. There's some things we hadn't gotten to. Anything that's in the stock that hadn't been marked down, uh, you can take an additional 20% off. And it's, let me tell you, this is a great sale. And and you're not in this region, you're not going to find a bigger selection of uh, particularly diamond jewelry. You know, we've got 3,600 square foot of uh, cases, and it's uh, a, just a lot of beautiful, well-made well made product i i really work extremely hard to get the best jewelry ever really ever made as part of our 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 inventory and so uh you know it's a it, as far as uh Fine diamond jewelry goes. Uh, it does, it's not going to get any better.
1: You must Michigan. be doing something right because you've been here a long time. And uh, I, I remarked yeah. earlier in the last uh, time you were on an hour ago about uh, same staff, and and it, it means something when you see the same same faces year in year out. It's big.
8: Yeah, it. You know, the the folks you know and that you can trust, and uh, and they're knowledgeable. It's uh. Let me tell you. It, I, a lot of you think also that maybe you can't afford a piece of, a, a nice piece of fine jewelry. But uh, y- y- it would behoove you and, and your loved one to come in and take a look. I think you're going to find some beautiful uh, pieces at prices you can't afford that you probably thought you couldn't. But anyway, everything's gift wrapped. We're two blocks from the Capitol on High Street, downtown Jackson, and the Pemberton Plaza over in Vicksburg. Uh, uh, we got great staff over there. Uh, they're just—they uh, don't come any nicer than than who you're going to get to to help you. Got storefront parking right here, easy to get to. Absolutely. You so walk listen, in and you're greeted
1: immediately. I've noticed that by somebody's ready to help you.
8: I think if you if you have an interest in a piece of fine jewelry or a nice Christmas gift, it'd be worth it, worth your trip over here if you can anywhere in Mississippi. So uh, we appreciate all all you've folks out there and uh jordan i uh, enjoy having you yeah always Thank a pleasure being here definitely.
1: too you you got uh, again it's it's fun to be here great people i like to see people coming in and having
8: a good time they have a good time when they're yeah. making these purchases yeah. i mean it makes them happy <laughs> that's right It it it's a happy real happy business from from that perspective 100 percent. all right well uh Listen, uh, all of you out there, hope uh, take care of yourselves, and I appreciate all you you all as, as customers and, and people. Thank you. P- appreciate that, uh, Jerry. Bye. Thank you, and Bye-bye. thank you for having us. Yes, sir.
1: Jerry Lake, the owner of Carter Jewelers,
8: has been our guest.
1: So, just a couple of minutes left here uh, on middays. Uh, a lot of people right. chiming in about our discussion right. about right. just this uh, just right. movement right. and falling into this. Socialism that so many in this country want, and somebody I think really hit the nail on the head earlier at the top of the show. It was Thomas in Greenwood. Yes, yeah, said, well, it just wasn't implemented right, and he suggested that that's a, a typical refrain from young Democrats. it's old Democrats too, Thomas. Unfortunately, that's what they think. There is no such thing as implementing it right because it ain't right. It's counter to human nature. We got to continue to fight it, and there's no better time than the season uh, to do that because that's when we should be thankful for our many blessings as we should every single day, not just Thanksgiving, that we live in this country and that we are afforded the many benefits of citizenship for living in this country. Folks, thanks so much for joining us today. We've been at Carter Jewelers. Come on down and make your selections and get some jewelry for that special person. Have a great weekend until Monday. Stay safe and God bless everyone.